G'day, party people. This is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we'll be sharing juicy stories. Our biggest secrets. The what not to do. The lessons we've learned. All the mistakes. And too many times we've been baked. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. All right, guys. Welcome back to our next episode of and it's my favorite topic it's ever. Emma's favorite topic she was so excited about this one election 2020 and i've actually managed to get gabby really excited and why are you yeah. excited about it now because you wanted nothing to do with it at first i was like are you kidding me <laughs> um because i think well i never used to pay attention to politics um obviously it's just such a boring well i think it's like the most boring topic ever but little do we know like it affects everyone it affects all of us and like just gain more knowledge into the importance of voting and how it actually affects us in everything in life. So especially this year, I found that like 2020, yeah. if you haven't realized this year that politics actually affects you, even if you just pay taxes, politics affects you. But this year, even in Australia, we've realized yeah. so much. Like if you're in Melbourne, you're in Victoria, Dan Andrews, he was voted in. He is now controlling whether people can leave their house or not. Anastasia Palaget, she's controlling whether we open the borders and can see people Mm -hmm. from like New South Wales, anywhere really. So it's like we now more than ever, I think that Australia especially has had a bit of a shock to be like, wow, this actually matters. Yeah. And true, like because, well, Emma and I were living in the United States for a bit. So we got to kind of suss out. If we haven't already told you in every rallies. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you're new to us, we were living in the US for a little while. um, And I guess that's how we kind of got to see things for like the real deal, like being in the rallies and Mm. all of that. And like Gabby, for example, she was saying that she was outside. So Gabby lived in New York. She was outside a Trump tower and it was a protest against Trump. Trump. I've been to both a Trump rally. So where he's there inside, I journalist credentials. So I had media credentials and he just hates the media. So that was great fun. (laughs) And being inside the rally. And I've also been to ones where it was a couple days after he was elected and it was a peaceful protest against him too. Yeah. It's so surreal, isn't it? Like when you're in amongst it, it's just... The oh, passion the and the drive, people. Yeah, I because of course we're in a, from, from Australia, I think too, and it's just so more conservative. It's just so like even if you vote Liberal or Labor, not that much is going to change. Yeah. Whereas yeah. at the moment, the issues we've been dealing with, and like, there's no way. Firstly, we're going to get through everything that's going on in this election, yeah. and we also don't want to make it boring. No, this is yeah. definitely not a we're repeating what's going on. We're talk, we're Gabby and I going to go through issues that concern us going to concern the next four years depending on who gets voted in um issues around the election like for example i was like so excited i'm like yes so you know the 3rd of november so one week away from when this goes live we will know who the president is come upcoming in 2021 we won't the ballots they're doing mail balloting now so it's like we're not going to know We're not for gonna months. Know for ages, yeah. We're so and, kill us. and then even then, <laughs> so that's like the suspense is going to go on for even longer. So yeah. little things like that, like 2020 has really thrown a spanner in the works. But not only that, but like, I mean, I'm not that knowledgeable when it comes to politics, but even just having the day-to-day discussions with people like Emma and I have been chatting about it for about two weeks now, just about, you know, just like subjects of um, POTUS 2020 and it's just so interesting, like, the topics that you get that you fall under when you talk about politics and and just the day in, day out of, you know, what 
you know, we've got Trump on one end and you've got Joe Biden on another. And it's just interesting to try and see things from both parties. So Yeah, and more so, I suppose. So the biggest thing about when I was there in 2016 was I was doing broadcast journalism. So we had the GOP debate on our campus. We I went to an Obama speech. Like I would have the microphone and the camera and I would be standing on the campus one time before the primary elections and asking mm-hmm. people who they were voting for and just like my favorite part was getting to know a person and understanding their perspective as to why they were voting a certain way. Yeah. So that was really interesting to me. And I, thought, I think that's my whole makeup anyway. I love learning about understanding people, their history and how they got to be. And we've spoken about this so many different times. Like it's people's environment. It's their parents. It's like there's so many influences in that person's life. And we're all so different. We all grew up differently. Yeah. That's what affects who you vote for. Exactly. And I think for me... If I hadn't been there that year firsthand asking people who had initially completely different opinions to me what their opinion was and learning to be more open-minded and mm-hmm. listen and hear their truth, yeah. not making it my truth, not mm-hmm. arguing back, but just listening and creating that space. And then... Or seeing I've, from a different side. Yeah, well, I've got a lot more empathy. Know, like... Until you bring it up into conversation with someone, that thought might not even occur to you until someone brings it up. And then then you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. So then... Yeah, exactly. So, like, I I can get a lot more empathy for people uh, because they're telling me why they're voting for somebody and I'm listening to them because I have to. And Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, I'm not this saint who just listens to other people's opinions. I was being a journalist and that was a really... That's a job of a journalist to be able to listen. Yeah, it was a really good practice because it was like prior to that, Emma wouldn't want to listen to people who were disagreeing with what I knew. And so like learning to have to stand there and be objective and not subjective was very good for me in terms of like personal growth. And now I can really empathize with people and just understand their perspective. So like we're definitely not coming. So we're basically that's what we're coming from in this podcast as well. Like anything we say, don't take it as gospel. We're just going to cover a few points, issues that um, have affected us and that we've heard like we the first thing we did I want to note is we didn't just I didn't go on Google I didn't go on Facebook I didn't go on anything because as we've spoken about what the social dilemma taught us and at the end of the day US intelligence agencies have concluded that Russia is actively interfering with the 2020 election as they did in 2016 isn't that scary hey so scary (laughs) which is through Facebook and everything like that so I didn't go on there to start researching I actually called and message two guys of Australian who are very more empathize and can see the perspective of Trump as well as Biden, um, mm-hmm. so the Democrat and the Republican view. Yeah. And I spoke with them about what they thought. I was like, can you let me know some pointers that you um, you would want to listen to or what you think is going on? What are the issues at the moment? And they also, we both spoke to, reached out to American friends and asked their perspectives. A lot of people, Gabby, what did your mate say to you when you oh, asked him? I was like, so what party, I didn't necessarily say what party you're going for, but I was like, so what team are you like going for what and team why? Are you rooting for? <laughs> yeah, what, time, what team are you rooting for? And he's just like, I don't even think this is a question, hey. Like, it's just all my friends. Like, I'm so just so people, like, like it's to them. It's like that's not even a question. Like, yeah, it's very straight up. It's like, well, I don't even know why you're asking me this because there's no way in hell I would vote for Trump. And yeah. basically, the most interesting thing I was just laughing 
<laughs> again, with what happened in 2016, there's a hashtag going around, settle for Biden. So it's just choosing and voting for the lesser yeah. evil. So for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Joe Biden was vice president for eight years under Obama. Which is where he's got so many of his votes from, and yeah. he's got quite his status. That's why he's well known now. Yeah. There was so many people that were trying to be the Democrat electorate, so like to trying to be in his position at the moment, the nominee, and mm. he definitely got the votes because of that. Like he, because so many black people obviously support Obama, he had them all wrapped up. Like he basically, the reason why he was chosen and now he is going up against Trump is a lot to do with the fact that, and he will drop it all the time. Everyone laughs at it is he's like always talking about Obama and associating Obama with himself. And Mm because so many people have just been so frustrated for the last four years listening to Trump's crap, (laughs) because that's what it is. We'll get into that a little bit sooner. Like we'll we'll Gabby, some cute quotes. Gabby Trump. like had the funniest quotes before, and if you just go on his Twitter, like the thing is when Trump does say something really valid and important and that makes sense, it's just annoying because he might misspell it. <laughs> and a little like, bit, or like be like, a little bit sarcastic, which <laughs> or like it, <laughs> about it's sanitizing just, your insides. Yeah, like yeah, his sarcasm doesn't come off well, especially to no. American people when he tells them to drink bleach to get rid of coronavirus. Yeah, so like yeah. that sort of thing is has been so frustrating, I think, for so many people to be like, this is the person who is in charge of our country and the most powerful nation in the world, Mm. that Obama, no matter what people think of him, I was at a speech and I could literally remember word for word what he said for 45 minutes of that speech. I watched it back word for word. Like, he just speaks so So well. well. He's so literate. And I think that's just one of many frustrations people have had. So when Biden associates himself with Obama, people love that because they're like, oh my God, wasn't that a beautiful time in our yeah, lives? Yeah, beautiful so, time we had Obama. So yeah, but the one thing that I found amazing and crucial to this election, and I've been telling Gabby, I'm like, you have to watch it. So two days ago, what are we at? I think it's like 25th now, 26th. Um, two days ago, maybe American time, on the 23rd of October, Borat 2 was released. <laughs> and my God... It's insane. It's so to do with the political climate at the moment, especially in America. He was actually filming during COVID over there. So it was like he must have started prior and then it was the first initial weeks of going into COVID and people... He he went and actually lived with a family, not a family, but these two men who were most definitely Republican voters. Yeah. And they believed and they were everything that's going on with this QAnon, which I'm actually really interested in. I reckon Gabby is too, because I think there's got to be some truth to things that have said in there. Um, And so he was living with these people who were, and getting to know them, and in character. He was in character while living with these people. I don't know how he does well, what that, he does. That, that's, how, that's how the actors like get into character. It's just by, by, by being in amongst it. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah, so. I don't understand, I think, more how the cameras are there and stuff. That's where I think I'm a bit more blown away. I'm well, like, they, they, I understand how you would go around and be in character as Borat, but when the camera's in there, I'm like, how's that possible? Like, I guess because you, you just like... You I kind of live with you and my camera crew's coming with me too. I think you just learn to relax in front of the camera. Like, if you're around it so much... No, I'm, I'm okay with him, with he, but what about the other people? What, they're letting him stay in his house and they're like, yeah, you're bringing cameras. I'm like, how does he get away with what he does? It's, anyway, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> and one of the first things I said to Gabby was I was like... I think the biggest issue that a lot of people can't get past um, is 
And this whole election, the Democrats have made it out to be, which works in their favour, is a pro-life versus pro-choice. Yeah. And it's everyone we know right. at least. can't wait to even just get into that subject yes yeah, so um, everyone you spoke to what did they say pro-choice every single person that i've asked is pro-choice which is like seems obvious um but then hearing from the other side too is quite interesting too because you, i mean what you were saying like christianity is very linked to pro pro-life yes and so Trump's always had a very Republican. conservative Christian following. Mm-hmm. And so I said to Gabby before, I'm like, I don't even know if Trump actually believes that pro-life. Like, I think if he knocked up a younger girl, and or maybe this is why he's had so many kids, I think that he would be open to it. Well, that's that's a- in a personal opinion. And he would be like, that's fine. But I think that Trump is so good at PR and his strategy to getting his voters is by going through demographics. Like, he, he, the demographic of the Christian conservative has been his demographic from the very beginning, mm. and it appeals to them so much, this pro-life, that he truly believes... Uh, tell me the, what he said on the quote. Oh, so he had a quote about abortion. This was posted by MSNBC in, like, 2016. And the question is, do you believe in punishment for abortion? Yes or no, as a principle. And he said, the answer is there has to be some form of punishment. And then the journalist said, for the women? And he said, yes, there has to be some form. Like, so is crazy. That... <laughs> so insane. Like, I don't know. I just think that me, I... Like, and what if, a lot what of... if someone was raped? Like, or... Well, this is a thing that happened in Borat too, and a dead giveaway, but I'll give away one scene mm. here because it just blew my mind. Like... I've never seen anything like it. So basically, in the scene, Borat is with his so-called daughter. And she eats this cupcake and has a little, like, baby on the top of it that's, like, a little plastic, like, miniature thing. And she swallows it. And he's like, oh, we need to take you to a doctor. And they're obviously speaking in their accents and it's very hilarious. And so they go to a women's clinic, which is where you get abortions or you try to do so anyway. And so they've gone in and so it's the two of them sitting there trying to explain in their accents and um they're, you know, not very good English. Good English. Doing well in. <laughs> English good. <laughs> English good. <laughs> English speak very well. And then um so they're basically trying to explain to who ends up being a pastor. Mm. Which, by the way, before I was saying pastor. <laughs> so yum, yum, basically yum. a priest is sitting there and convincing them not to have the abortion. That's what's happening in this clinic. And he's saying, oh, but it's, I'm her father and I let I, her have pleasure. Like, let her have the cupcake. <laughs> let her have pleasure. <laughs> so I put baby in her. And he's going, she's going, yeah, he put baby in me. And now I need to get baby out. <laughs> this is how they're speaking. And he, the guy says to them, I don't need to hear any more of that. And he confirms. He's like, so you're the father. And he's like, yes, I'm father. I put baby in her. Now you know I'm father. Can I get baby out of her? And he says, that is not important right now. It really doesn't matter how he got to this moment. And he then goes on to explain that God has given you this gift, basically. And that's happened in a bigger picture more than us. So, like, you you need to keep it. 
Oh, did they ever specify that it was from a cupcake? <laughs> no, they don't. But I think that that's the whole thing. That's the yeah, whole the, the moral way, of the story. The moral of the whole point that Borat does so well, Sasha Baron Cohen, biggest like crush on him at the moment. Like I just think that he's just so, so talented. Good, yeah. And the way that he thinks about these scenes politically and gets them done, you know, he doesn't have 20 takes. He doesn't have it to get perfect. He's got to do it the first time because he's running into situations that you know, you can't do it over and over again. These people have no idea who he is and what the setup is. But it's just insane that people believe, and as you were saying, that even if you're raped, even if your father impregnates you, you should have to keep the baby. And what Trump is saying is that you should also be punished if you do try and get rid of the baby because that's pro-life. Yet, the funniest thing I've watched is The Daily Show. They've gone around to a Trump rally and they're interviewing people and he, I think he was speaking about the fact that this guy wasn't wearing a mask. So he's trying to be like, well, you're not wearing a mask, so you, but you believe in pro-life. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but you're not, but why aren't you wearing a mask? And he's like, oh, because I should have the freedom to do what I want. How's oh the God. irony in that? And he's like, but, so you don't want to wear a mask to save people from COVID. You're like killing them, essentially. Yeah, but you, you think that people who can't get rid of a baby out of like out of the fact that and they should have to because he's like you think the lives are so important but you also won't wear a mask and it's because he wants the freedom to do what he wants with his own body the irony in that like is just like and i said to gabby i go all right so if you believe in pro-life are you a vegan yeah exactly like no, because right, the, they, we can debate. Oh they're my the gosh, biggest like, meat eaters, the pro life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that's so true because that, that's so backwards. So if we, if you have, if you're voting for pro life, basically our thought or concept is: sure, you want this thing to live, then why are you still eating meat? Yeah, like, live by those morals come, and ethics. Come, yeah, that, how come that's not okay for the cow to live or like the chicken to live? Yeah, like why? Is Which okay is so much more of a life than a. A, yeah. a four-week-old baby in your stomach. Yeah. Sorry, so like, but that's I'll, my opinion. Well, I'll understand, like, if you're voting for pro-life and you're vegan and that's and you're Christian or something, like, of course, like, that's your belief system and, I mean, and everyone has a right to an opinion. But, like, pro-choice, yeah. like, I understand more if you're eating meat and then you say pro-choice. Yeah, but I think... Given, that- like, do you, I, I just don't think it's fair. Like, it's a woman's body... But also, if you're saying pro-life and you're the male, then there should be a rule where you should be able to stick with the woman for the rest of her life and not leave her with the child. Yes, and it's funny because... Because that happens so often. Where yeah. Where the I, mother is left with the child and then the dad just ditches. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's... And basically, like, I think that I learned a lot last semester because I was doing philosophy of law. So I actually learned a lot about what philosophers think of this particular opinion um, to do with pro-life v. pro-choice. And... My favorite one is Ronald Dworkin. He analyzes the critical question of abortion on the importance of life itself. So he validates that abortion wastes the intrinsic value of human life, which therefore makes it a grave moral wrong, unless the intrinsic value of other human lives would be wasted in a de- in a decision against abortion. So in a few words, basically, Dworkin makes a strong point about the fact that abortion is should be subjective and it's on a case-by-case basis. So basically, if like you're... I get pregnant and mm. I'm studying over in the US and I, the fa- I'm not with the father and basically me having this child would be an intrinsic-based waste of my human life, then 
I I get to choose not to have the baby because yeah. there's a otherwise it's a waste of my life. Yeah, it's just about well, waste of life. It's not okay. about like not killing okay. and yeah. whatever. So like I would get to go. Well, so if I have to have this baby, I have to quit school. I have to then get a job. You and getting a job everything. in America, by the way, without having a degree. Well, being a mother is a full time job on its own. Yeah, and getting like, a job in America you don't get benefits like we do in Australia no. and getting a job in America if you don't have a degree you're pretty much making it matters to $3 an hour so it'd be in, it'd be a waste of my human life to have this baby exactly and that's what his perspective is and I truly believe that another philosopher who I don't know the name of him at the moment but it's on YouTube and you can actually look it up and I totally believe this this is very far-fetched but I'm on board with this he's like just like you get a driver's license you should have to apply to be a parent. You'll have a license to have children. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Because I've been in rehab and seeing the fact that, like, and empathizing with people that, yeah, you may be a meth addict, but your childhood was messed up and you really didn't have a chance in the beginning. So that's where it stems from. Too. Like, so, people, what we're creating is just more people who have intergenerational trauma because we are just having kids for the f- very fact that we can't get maybe rid of them. That sounds so full no, 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 Is no, that full no, 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 it's not because like, you know, like, okay, let's look at China, for example, with the one child policy. Like, yeah. it's blown everything out of like proportion over there because there's so many, pe- like, the population is booming and they, they have the one child policy because, I mean, to put it simply... Our world is growing so We're fast. Overpopulated. We're overpopulated. Have you watched the David Attenborough? Um, no. Docker. No. So he basically talks about like he. It's every single like five or so minutes. It comes up with what year he's working in. Because it goes right right from the start of his life and mm. how he started to get into and what he was able to see in in regards to the extinction of so many animals initially yeah. and the the earth like he's literally watching it die around because he's seen so much of it mm. but he's also like so back then when he was born or a young kid it, the population was this much like it was I, it was hardly anything it was like i think that was around about two billion or something yeah. um and so and then how much of the world we've actually like destroyed type thing what percentage is left yeah so anyway he basically says that in order to save the world we should all be cut back to having a two children max per family and that's because we need to stop overpopulation oh that's true yeah so like what america is moving towards is allowing overpopulation and with overpopulation comes even more greenhouse gas emissions and in saying that the USA already take up 14% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, so coming second to China. This is and a, didn't you bring this is another issue. they were refusing to... to so they're going to put... Basically, Trump, is, his whole thing has been uh, climate change is a hoax. And a big thing that they've done in, is in regards to climate change, Obama put it in place just before the following election. Mm. Well, he agreed to it. The Paris Agreement was done in 2015. So... All the countries came together and there's been a few agreements over the past. Look it up. And basically they've all said, we're all agreeing to reduce our carbon footprint mm-hmm. as a nation. And America's one of the biggest. It's second biggest to China. which I, And I don't think we can really blame China that much because we're all getting things ma- yeah, manufactured yeah. there as well. And, they're, so, they're so and China's actually doing... Itself anyway, so. China, if you look into it, they're actually doing some of the most um, in regards to 
trying to reduce their carbon footprint. You know what's really funny though? And I, I will say, although I am not a Trump supporter, he did bring up a really good point in regards to straws. And I can agree on this one because yeah. I'm going to go get like a nice coffee. I have one now actually. And um, <laughs> you know, the paper straws and they just disintegrate so fast. They like, suck. They suck. I'm worried out that they, <laughs> they suck. They really suck. Be you wear your own like steel straw. <laughs> yeah. But he brought up a really, really good point. He's like, why the hell are we having paper straws when mine literally breaks in like three seconds when we can do so much better and replace plastic forks and knives with uh, bamboo or just something more efficient? I mean, I guess that that's funny that you say that because I feel like in Australia we are moving towards that. We've done that a lot in more. In Australia, yes. But America, but not... they're completely plastic, aren't they? Yeah. They, yeah. From what well, I they're know, not doing like, I anything. That's the point. So basically, like, they are... I did an assignment on it and it's like one American uses up what the same carbon footprint as what like 34 Indians would. That's so, so, so crazy. They're just alone like with the electricity in their house with what they're using all the time. So their individual carbon footprint per person is extreme compared to other people, especially in third world countries, let's say. I'm sure Australia is up there yeah. with them, well, but our population is nowhere near. So the, the thing is that... Um, the Paris Agreement, every single country basically has to agree to in order for it to work, in order for us to attempt to save the planet. Yeah. And Trump has said instantly that he's already withdrawn, which he hasn't. The actual withdrawal date has strategically been set to be after this next election. So it's really riding on the fact that... So there's a few little like main things that people can't get past when it comes to, I suppose being a bit like ethically and morally in tune with their body and not so religiously bound, I guess. Like not so so if you're a Christian conservative, yes, you might mm-hmm. believe in pro life and you might somehow not care about the environment or whatever like that. So these might not bother you. But for someone like myself, mm. pro choice, having control over my body, I don't even want a vaccine. But funnily enough, neither do Trump supporters. They don't want a vaccine either. No. So they want the choice over their body. I don't want a vaccine. I want to be able to like look after my body and heal my body by myself. I definitely, if I were to get impregnated, I would. I think that I'm someone who couldn't bring up a child right now at all. Or and even, I would like to have pro-choice. Or make a law where you both have to sign an agreement. Like, it, like if the father... Okay, because I understand it is the father's choice as well. Like... He, if he wants to have a child, men can't have children. Like, we know that. Like, we yeah. can, li- we literally control how this earth runs. We can choose whether or not we want to stop breathing or not. So I think that's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty high end on a woman's perspective, you know, but. Yeah, love that. And saying It's that, so true. Imagine how much control we actually yeah, do have. We actually have so much control. Like, we can choose to stop running this world with people, like, and just keep it the same. Um, but I get it. It's also a man's choice. But on the other hand, like. Um, Gabby, you're, you're very on the point at, at the moment about, okay, you thinking that like, okay, so we're basically enforcing pro-life. So then the women, obviously they're stuck with the child and they have to then bring it up themselves. So it's an intrinsic waste of their life. But where does, what happens to the father? And this is a yeah, big valid point that like, it comes from the very first picture that was taken when Trump took office and it was... Seven or eight guys sitting around uh, writing this basically anti-abortion law. Mm-hmm. I don't know the ins and outs of that exact law, but there was no women. There was not one woman in the room. And so it's you're very on the side of being like, well, okay, 
that's fine if you want to implement pro-life, but what about the male's role in that child's life? Yeah, yeah. Like, can we get also get a law where that male can't leave the, the lady the woman, to have yeah. to bring up the child all by that's herself? that's not fair. Like, that's just... I think it's not, such a valid point. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I like, think that's a really, like, good well, perspective to add into the mix. Well, there's so many orphans, too, like, on this... In this world. Like, these poor children are growing up without parents, like... Yeah, we're overpopulated and we've got so many people in the world. Like, I completely agree. Like, yeah, it's... It's a a very scary time to implement things like that because... I just think that I'm so lucky. Like, I know a lot of people who are um, doing a lot of work, like, healing-wise on the fact that they have had to have an abortion. Like, a lot of girls have had to do it. Imagine if, and you were in America, you had to either cross states, and now, obviously, if they get that nationwide, that a law put in, you had to try and leave the country to get an abortion. I just, or just have yeah. it. I hate that they, they're, they're spilling that with murder, though. Like, the fact that they say, if you want to get an abortion, that's like murdering someone. And, okay, I, I understand your point or perspective, but at the same time, like... You but guys carry body, guns around. But also, yeah, yeah, you carry guns around, but also, like, you're murdering animals. So, like, how can you put that in a separate basket? Yeah, I think that, like, we, they definitely, I think that from our point of view, there's so many contradictions in just so the many. issues we're bringing up. So, like, the climate change thing, that has to do with also um, limiting as David Attenborough said, you got to limit greenhouse gas emissions. Limit greenhouse gas emissions and the amount of children we're having in the world and the overpopulation. But also, we've got to stop eating so much meat. Meat, and yes. these and people eat so much meat. But and I was looking, trying to look up some uh, graph before to to check out the greenhouse gas emissions to point out, like you know, um, where like the factories and all that. And I Emma was like, yeah, but to be honest with you, like these graphs aren't real because the government try to hide the real facts of manufacturing animals and yeah they do so basically in america um i did an assignment on this as well they if you, <laughs> what you protest <laughs> what have i not done an assignment on and why have i not handed these in <laughs> if you do if you protest against animal agriculture so basically you're being like can we not just be making cows, giving them this so-called life and then cutting them up and eating them because of the carbon footprint we're using, not only that, but obviously the cruelty it is to the animal. Mm. Um, People, it's actually the number one terrorist trigger like for the FBI in America, Mm. which I found absolutely insane and I'm probably not wording that properly. Um, Well, that's the thing too. Like the government will make you believe whatever they want. Yeah, so there's a lot of people who make a lot of money, not even a lot of people, probably like a very small percentage of people who make a lot of money from meat and selling it worldwide and everything like that. So those people, just like the NRA, just like uh, the so-called climate people, they're a part of the people who are trying to say that climate change is a hoax and they put a lot of money into the pockets of politicians over there. If you look, it's very open, basically. It's like, mm. I was reading a book on it and it's like a lot of Republicans, they are lining their pockets with like some people like up to like a mill a year just to be told and then their narrative is climate change is a hoax. I just don't understand how you can think that because, um, A, look at pollution. It's not like God just wanted to magically place a massive cloud <laughs> above these buildings and go, yeah. here you go. <laughs> Even something if I extra wanted to, to believe, like, place. my favourite people who, when I was at the university in Miami, were 
the meteorologists. Like, I, so I happened <laughs> to be in a class that was like about producing the weather on TV. It's like my favorite class. But I actually rocked up and I had accidentally <laughs> entered into this class. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. So half the class was meteorologists and the other half was like journalists. I think there was only three of us actually that were just journalists. So we didn't obviously all get marked on the same criteria because I had no idea what they were talking about. These are some of the smartest kids. They know how to like read the weather patterns. Like they know how everything that's going on when it comes to marine biology. Like they are absolutely insanely smart and they were some of my favorite humans. I've constantly got all of them on Instagram. One of them presents the weather over there. The others are doing like marine biology. So they're very vocal about Mm -hmm. the fact that climate change is real and we need to start doing something about it now. They're also very vocal about the fact that these the hurricanes that are coming in the like oh yeah natural natural disasters like why is it happening this is the natural disasters are getting more and more out of hand so even if i wanted to be ignorant to this i couldn't i mean like it's very in my face yeah yeah but also like i'm 100 percent a culprit of like transportation and like electricity and like using everything from and trying not to use everything from like industrial factories and stuff but like it's just how do you live life without it you know like well, they did. Back in the day, they did live life without it. You know, we've just become so accustomed to this way of life. Yeah, because it's easy. Because right? it's great. Isn't yeah. it not great? We're sitting here with both our laptops we've open and this stuff. Like, that probably wouldn't be possible. And we are living in a day and age where there's literally something invented every single minute of every single day. Yeah. And like, you have you to only keep have up, to... right? You have to keep up yeah. with the rest of the world. And that's the only way to do it. I know, and but what is this? We have to keep up. Like, when are we gonna learn to slow down? And America's kind of in charge of that. But that's what twenty twenty's taught us, right? Take a step back. You would think. You'd honestly think, but I feel like that lesson would went. Th- I feel like some people just rode out the first couple of months of isolation, and then they forgot all about what the lessons of this year's was teaching us. And yeah. now they're just frustrated and like. I don't know. I just feel like not that many people were able to be aware that I think we don't need all this stuff that we think we need. Or more so, we don't need to move this fast. Like, the world moves so yeah. fast. And that's why we 100%. are getting sick more often. That's why our immune systems are down. That's why people are dying because of coronavirus, because they're not keeping healthy. They're not keeping in check with their body, because they're constantly moving at a fast-paced rate like the rest of the world. And yeah. we just, in a realistic state, you can't keep up like that. Like... That's not being realistic. Well, apparently, so I'm reading Russell Brand's Revolution book, which actually I got given in 2014 when it came out. And it's so relevant to now. The whole problem with America's politics is that they're all... The richest people are giving donations. It's all about donations. So basically, like... Trump will I have I'm actually like I must have been when I went to the Trump rally I've given them my email address and I receive (laughs) emails from like I just scroll now I'm just in my emails I receive emails from Donald Trump Melania Trump Donald Trump obviously it's not their personal thing but they're like (laughs) I thank you for your continuing support you are invited what are you doing on November 3 I'm Um, Australia (laughs) what uh, Biden wants to raise another hundred million dollars so this is a good one so a lot of uh, Mike Pence has even emailed me apparently. There's a lot of emails that they try and get you to vote. So if I click on here and I go in here, Biden campaign announces a $100 million goal. Can you believe it, friend? Oh my God, it's the way they write these are hilarious and it's why I haven't actually gotten rid of them. Um, so contributions to re-elect President Trump. And you, they say here how many people have voted. And they, I'm looking at it right now. 
$50 five minutes ago, $100 three minutes ago, $30. Like it's just scrolling through like how many people have just voted. I'm sorry, have just donated money. And these emails are coming to me because they're trying to get me to donate money. But the biggest contributors are these corporations who then basically say to Trump and that, I, I'll give you $100 million. Mm. But also, mate, you remember about this legislation. You'll change that for me, right? Because that legislation is actually impeding on this work yeah, that I all, have. It's all about And that's the way that right? I'm going to make another... $200 million. So, you know, if you could just, you know, so watch bad. that. And like, that's basically what it is. It's all just a con. So what ha- what uh, Russell Brand speaks about in the revolution, which is basically about figuring out how we can stop having these top 80 people run the world, mm. is that in the, uh, corporations had a clear role and a definite period within which to fulfill it. So that was in the 1890s. And he says that the 100 largest corporations in the world produce $7 trillion in sales and have $10 trillion in assets. And this was in 2014, so I'm guessing they have a lot more now. So they control the governments through lobbying and donations. They fund academic research so that the scientific view of the world adheres to their perspective, e.g., there is no climate change. So basically what he's saying is exactly what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Like, so these the people who are in the corporation of running animal agriculture and they're making lots of money out of that. They will give Trump a hundred million dollars along the lines of, by the way, climate change is a hoax. But also people don't understand that it's real until they see it, right? If they are constantly surrounding themselves in an environment where they feel like, you know, they can't really see a difference in climate change, then they're not going to believe it. There's a lot of people out there who have to feel like they need to see it to believe it. Yeah, true. And you can't really... It's hard to find. I just don't understand how you can't because, you know? like, there's so like just. Well, they won't. Na- natural how can you when Australia you were here so long? Fire at the start of the year, you know, like. But people would just say that was like they. It's very easy if you're surrounded by people who believe, and I wanted. This is why I want to empathize with people who are Trump supporters in regards to they do believe climate change is a hoax. They do believe in pro-life and they can't see any other way if you're surrounded you're in like a little country town you're basically you've got a few hundred people in that you associate with because the town is so small every single person believes that climate change is a hoax in that area how are you going to know any different your yeah. Facebook would be set up to the same thing, which what we learned in Social Dilemma, to breed you all the information that agrees with you, that with says you. climate yeah, change yeah, is a yeah. hoax. Because so it like, creates like your own identity online, essentially. That's what it does. Yeah, we so. only, some, we're, we're drawn to want to see what we already know because then it makes us feel intelligent. I knew that. I know that. Oh, how awesome is that? And then I'm going to click on it and it's going to confirm this belief. And so that belief just gets stronger. But um, what was the... I want to go back to... Gabby found the funniest quotes from Trump. Oh, what was the Hillary Clinton one? The Hillary Clinton quote that Trump stated was... <laughs> so sexist. He says, If Hillary Clinton can't satisfy her husband, what makes her think she can satisfy America? <laughs> oh, this is on Twitter in 2015. So this is 2015. So he's obviously this is before the last election, but that <laughs> is what people are talking about. This is why so like, many like as people... if that's appropriate for someone to say. Yeah. At any even like if you were famous, like oh god, I'd be just so careful with what I said on the internet. But he doesn't have to he be. He's care. never had to be, and I think this is why. 
we people love him. It's why they hate him. It's why people definitely hate him. But it's also why people love him. If you're still sexist, you're still racist, you're still... But he even said something about Ivanka, saying like, oh, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd probably sleep with her. (laughs) Yeah. No, he he did that on, like, I think it was like a morning show over there. I'd be so concerned about her. This is why they absolutely hate him, but why they love him. And isn't that insane? I just think they think he's a clown. And they think, I have no idea, maybe they're, like, getting some entertainment, but also it's killing people at the same time, so... Yeah, I want to go into the fact that, basically, I think that um, he is giving them what they wanted, which is, a lot of people would just... Okay, so let's go so into, He called out the, what was going on. He said, I'm going to drain the swamp. So, basically... He said, I'm going to change this whole, like, corporation thing because I don't need money. So I don't need people to line my pockets. And this is where I think that, like, people are coming from. So they're like, we're so over years and years worth of people lining their pockets with the corporations and basically altering all the legislation to suit them getting money. Well, America's in, like, a lot of debt. So essentially that's why Trump got elected in because they thought he'd be able to help with... uh, the economy, right? Yeah. So a lot of people that are voting for Trump are will tend to be linked to money and mm-hmm. financial stability. Yeah. And well, this yeah, it's like um half and half sort of thing. Yeah. It's like I did meet a lot of people firsthand who were like the area I was in in Coral Gables in Miami is a lot of rich people, and you're completely right. They were like so excited about the fact that he was going to lower taxes for them like they they appeal he appealed to them in a way that they were like okay awesome you're gonna bring back the economy you are going to make america great again in the fact that you're going this thing keeps going up and to be honest with you i i honestly don't even know like how much he has helped in the economy maybe he has maybe he hasn't i haven't even done my research in that area yet um just speaking of the knowledge that i know of so that's just a disclaimer we only know, Emma and I only know what we know, and we're just going off our facts and having a general conversation. This is us having a general conversation, so... Yeah. Yeah. And from our experiences firsthand, but you're completely right. Like, funny enough, like enough so I was seeing a guy, <laughs> I don't know who I'd call it seeing. <laughs> Who's this one now? <laughs> he, this is a footy pl- football player um, who was in the team, definitely wasn't meant to have anything with them, and... Uh, he was a Trump supporter, and I think that that was the only like sexual tension that was there. Basically, the fact that we would just argue the whole time, make <laughs> <laughs> up sex, and then um, yeah. I was just like to him, like, "Why are you voting for Trump? Like, just I, I want to understand. Like, let me understand your perspective." And he was definitely from an area that was Republican, so that was one of them. But also, he was like, his agenda was, if I get into the NFL, I'm going to be making a lot of money, and I don't want to pay much tax. I was like, cool, anything else? No, that just, that was it. And I was like, okay, that's like a super selfish reason. So it doesn't have like morals or anything like that? No, it's not. A lot of people were just like, that appealed to them so much. And also people who were, you got to remember the people who lost their coal mining jobs. He really appealed to them because he was like, I'm going to bring this back. Even though everyone's like, well, actually, there's no reason why you should bring that back because like... Greenhouse gas firstly, emissions. <laughs> yeah, greenhouse gas emissions, it's unhealthy for them. It's actually not we, – we have so many better viable options these days. We mm. don't need to do that. Mm. But he appealed to them because he allowed them to be seen and heard. And those people had been forgotten for a long time. So, like, mm. 
there's definitely angles and the strategies he used. It's just a PR campaign. He did an amazing job of allowing these people to be seen and heard and they had been forgotten for a long time. Whereas like he, he didn't vote on what the Democrats vo- look he didn't focus on what the Democrats focus on, which may be Black Lives Matter and those people who have been forgotten and unheard for so long. Yeah. So like they, you got to basically, the angle of these politicians is to choose where they're going to get their votes from. Mm. With Trump and Republicans, you have to get to know your Republican voter. You get to know what they love and get to know what they thrive off and what like gives them the energy to then be screaming and shouting and like wearing all the Trump stuff and following him around and just frothing him so hard. And then you basically just deliver that on a platter for them. Yeah. You're not actually all that we think that I think that we are so bought into the fact that this is what Trump truly believes in. Like, I don't think Trump, I don't think Trump is a racist because I think he's putting it on. I fully think he's putting on the white supremacy thing because I think so many of his voters are like that. Okay. So I think when he says, I'm not racist, I like I think he believes it because he actually is just putting it on. He's not condoning white no, supremacy. Well, he, he, because even says, like, he even says that. He says, I, I love black people. I have a lot of black friends. Um, yeah. And I don't think I don't that think, has also, anything to do with it anyway. I feel like... I don't know. I, it, it, uh, what the fuck is racism these days? I know. Like, what we were talking <laughs> like, about. So, last week in our episode, we were talking about blackface, basically. Yeah. And how, like, when Emma's friend and I was younger as well, um, for, like, a speech and drama competition, I had to paint my, fe- my face dark brown. And as a young teenager, didn't know that. Not didn't a know racist, any different. But would probably get told that I'm a racist now, even though at the time I was younger. How the hell am I meant to know that, let alone teacher telling me it was okay. So, yeah, you know? Just... And so I think that there's this thing that if you support Trump, you're a racist. Yeah. And like, where does that word, that, that word just gets bounced around. And it's a much. very big generalization. For example, my friend was telling me, she's like, I just can't fathom people who vote for Trump. Like what? I, she doesn't actually get it. She's not like, I hate this. Because she she's doesn't like, see I the just economy can't side get it because, story. well, yeah, she doesn't see the economy side of the story, but she can't, she's very, like, she's very boisterous about Black Lives Matter. So she's like, the fact that he won't condone white supremacy, it, I can't get past it. And I, that's valid, super valid. Like, you're voting for this person to be the, the leader of the United States, your country, and they're going through a very big issue with Black Lives Matter at the moment. I completely understand where she's coming from. But at the yeah. same time, it's not just because Trump, you though. vote for Trump, does that mean you're a racist? No. And that's what they're doing at the moment. They're mm. being like, oh, you vote for Trump, you're automatically a racist. And that's manipulating people too, really. Because then it's, people get scared and they're like, oh, well, I don't want to be told I'm a racist, so then I might as well not vote for Trump. Interesting. So basically my friend sent me this thing to say that um, Matthew McConaughey was actually interviewed by The Project and he's releasing a book. Side note excited because it's my favorite human ever and so he was cute. asked <laughs> about the election coming up and what's going on with that and he basically they just said so on your thoughts on that because he again another topic we'll talk about he's very he was like oh i'll be interested to see if trump actually does accept a loss mm-hmm. basically but also they said what do you think about trump and he refused to answer because he's like i'm not going to answer this and it be taken out of context so I make up that he was going to say something along the lines of 
maybe like he's like I need the longer format I can't answer this in just like you're giving me a couple of minutes max I can't answer that question because my answer to that question most likely and I make this up like completely I haven't seen anything I'm fully making it up that he might be like look I think Trump's valid in these ways and then I think Biden's valid in these ways you know he might give two sides of the coin but also then he because he's even if you even go to compliment or like validate something Trump's done these days you're automatically a Trump supporter and you're racist and like you can have this identity overnight out of one thing you've said as a racist which is so extreme. Like, well, they could I think have like, even, like, if that's through the media, they could have chopped in yeah, crops, you can whatever. Edit. That's like, why edit. he said this. Like, I refuse to answer that right now because, like, you yeah, can good. crop this to be, like, just me saying one good thing about Trump and then next minute, you know, through the internet, I'm going to be a racist. Yeah, and that's like, defamation. Which is like, completely not yeah. the reality of the situation whatsoever. So, like, mm-hmm. I think that this is where it's gotten so turmoil and I want to come back to, like, Sasha Baron Cohen and... this is what we're talking about before. So he actually does, has done an amazing speech and it was last year. It's on YouTube. You can look it up and it's never is now 2019. And it's, I think it's a speech he does for like some, I don't even know, maybe it's a charity or something. And he speaks a lot about how social media is the greatest propaganda machine in history. So he calls out Facebook, YouTube. Funnily enough, I was watching it on YouTube, Google and Twitter. (laughs) And he's like, because we trigger outrage in people, he's just basically calling out exactly what Social Dilemma was. And he was said that like... I quoted Voltaire. Like Voltaire was right when he said, "Those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities," which was mind blowing because that's what we've been trying. They think they're trying to do at the moment, and we're going so far. Like it's becoming such a divisive time that like basically what happened with Hitler, he basically speaks about Hitler and he's like, back in the day, do you think Hitler, imagine if he was allowed Facebook and he was allowed this platform where he could spread his message and his solution to the Jews. Sure, crap, crap human, but also very great leader because he was so strong. Like, he's a, I mean, anyone that's able to stick up for what they believe in is just a great leader in general. But no, I'm not saying he was a right leader. I'm saying he was a great leader because he was so powerful and strong and he really believed what he did. I would say he's a great to- dictator. Yeah, I think. Because I understand, I don't think, I think associating a word like leader a leader's like it's an honourable word. Oh no, I don't I agree think, with what yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I saying think, I agree. Yeah, I'm that's saying, what I mean. To, to be able to have uh, the the um for Hitler to be able to manipulate that many people to to fo- uh, for them to follow him is like kind of a really unique trait to have yeah well he's a dictator he's a very good dictator yeah. like he was amazing at what he did but um he's basically is was pointing that out he's like Hitler look what Hitler was able to do which is what you're saying right yeah. look what Hitler was able to achieve with his propaganda and yeah. his perspective and actually implementing that and how many people lost their lives out of that. Imagine if he had something like Facebook. Facebook isn't fact-checking. 
Facebook isn't doing anything. And that's the thing, like, yes, do your research, but, like, how do you even know how to trust the internet anymore? You can't. You and can't. that's why now, more than ever, we must be willing to have the uncomfortable conversations. We must yeah. be willing to risk controversy in order to understand different perspectives. Exactly. We have to have the conversation. Like, So the first thing I did was I spoke to my friends about their opinions on the election. Yeah. I didn't go to the internet. I didn't go to my Facebook because it's so manipulated. It's probably listened to the last couple of things I've said and is going to manipulate the opinion around that. Yeah, and I was telling Emma, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's very overwhelming uh, watching like politics like, and watching their debates because it goes for ages. And I'm like, who the hell has time to sit through all these debates? No one. So what do we do? We grab snippets of information off the web which might not even be like the real relevant part to what we want to learn about yeah and there's things that i think that if you're listening to this as well like we definitely haven't covered all the topics some no. topics go i love it and people in the start of the year i remember my friend was like oh good luck with your podcast do you remember when i hopped <laughs> in your car at the start of the year and it was like playing pod save america or something like it so it was like about american politics that i was listening to in the car but even then I can't wrap my head around some things they talk about at all. Like, it's just so out of my anything knowledge I have. So yeah. When people do come from, like, a perspective of Trump's going to fix the economy and stuff, like, that really isn't stuff I understand either. But mm -hmm. I definitely can understand, like, the morals and ethics and, like, the perspectives of people and the propaganda. Like, so, for example, The Loudest Voice is one of the best shows I've watched if you want to understand Fox News and anything to do with what they have been doing in regards to and even I the way they think that they've chosen Trump to do his job and enforced him to be the president like mm. originally in the first place so Roger Ailes is one of similar to Hitler style Roger Ailes used propaganda and it's just so amazing what people who can do that have the strategy behind it it can manipulate people and it's the psychology of getting into let's say republicans heads and figuring out what they want and what they want to hear mm. and what they want to reinforce in their mind and then they've basically just gone okay sweet that will just make this president do exactly what they want so with the white supremacy thing that's what i just question it i question it a lot in yeah. regards to whether trump really is a racist whether he's putting it on like i definitely agree like there's i don't think i could I think that if all my black friends around me were really suffering from the fact that their own president couldn't condone white supremacy, I'd really struggle to go to the voting and write down Trump's name. Oh, I think no, that that would, no matter not, yeah. what other stuff he's done, I totally agree with my friends in regards to the fact that like I could not do that. No. Another yeah. end of that scale is the fact that Mike Pence believes in conversion therapy. Are you talking about the death penalty? No, so basically if you're queer or gay, then you will be sent to this place. I have no idea where it is or what happens there. Well, I do know what happens there. Basically, they will like electrocute your head and they try and turn you straight. They believe it actually works. They believe it's a thing. And a lot of people who are very Christian conservative, if their young children come out, they'll actually send them there. That's so bad. It's oh my so God. bad. So like if you're in this day and age, we've got the LGBTQ community. We have come so far with things like Black Lives Matter. We're actually making progress. The, love love, like... the Republicans, are, if you look at them and you come from this agenda where you're like, oh my God, all I want to do is see like love is love. All I want to do is see the world be like a peaceful and happy place and people not be judged against for 
their sex, a war-free zone, who yeah. they are, who they love, where they come from. Like, mm. if that's all I want, and that is my main agenda as a human being, there is no way I could vote Republican right now. And that's your opinion, yeah. Like, if if you want to stand up for yourself and you feel like everyone should have the 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 life that they want, not necessarily a life that someone else chooses, then yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I, I, I just think that that's where a lot of the argument for people come from. And I'll be really interested to see what happens. I'm because <laughs> I can't 100% knew that Trump was getting in last time. Like, I, I was standing there at a Trump rally and I was like, these people are so passionate. I don't know anyone who's passionate about Clinton like these people are for Trump. Like, if you're even slightly a Trump supporter, you are going out to the polls and you are voting. You're getting your friends to vote. You are shouting and screaming and you're wearing the Trump gear and mm. you're making your whole life about to make America great again. I was t- MAGA for life. Like- I was telling Emma, I was at, so there's this really amazing cupcake, cheesecake, cheesecake. There's a really amazing cupcake slash cheesecake store in New York called Magnolia Bakery. So it was the day of the election when the votes were going to come out and this thing didn't happen until like three, four in the morning in New York. Anyways, so me and my friend went to Magnolia Bakery and there's like red cupcakes and blue cupcakes. I kid you not, all the blue cupcakes were just taken and there was only red cupcakes left. <laughs> so there's like everyone had already taken those. Well, they were because back- like well, New York was a Hillary it's Clinton. It's very... Yeah. The New York State was heavily uh, voting for the Democrats. So. Yeah. And this is another uh, problem that they have in America. And I don't know the ins and outs of it exactly, but obviously people would have heard about the fact that Hillary Clinton actually won the popular vote. So she got the most votes, but she didn't win yeah. the college electorate. No. Uh, so basically... It goes into different areas and then states. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. And so because I was based in Coral Gables, Miami, and also my roommates that I was with were all from New York, which Gabby just pointed out is a Clinton state. So it's a blue state. And when they were going to do their vote, so like my vote doesn't really count because this specific area where we live, not the whole of Florida, but this specific area is blue. So it will be basically a blue. It will be a blue area. So it will be Democrats, but also if I vote in New York, so you get a choice whether you want to vote in New York or Miami because they basically had two addresses. Yeah. But want to vote in New York? That's also blue. So my vote doesn't really count. Yeah. So that was where we came into like these issues where a lot of people that I know weren't voting at all. So I sat there two days before the election with some guys and I was like, you know Trump's going to get in. And they're like, no, nah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I'm like, well, are you Did voting? Did they not vote? Oh. And they're like, well, our vote doesn't really count. So, so many people who would have voted, their vote doesn't count. But also back in the day, there was a big thing where like, and as I was saying, people who were, who were unsure about Clinton were just like, oh, well, it'll be fine. She'll get in. But I'm not also going to go vote for her because I don't really actually believe that I want her in, like, but I also definitely don't want to vote for Trump. Whereas if when you have anyone who's slightly Republican, they're voting for Trump. Do you mean? So that's where, like, the votes came in different, obviously, to do with the popular vote. It just, yeah, because there's they issues just, well, with because they assumed she would get it. And then with the Trump supporters, they're like, he might not get it, but if I can do what I can to help, he might. Yeah, of course, because, the, and the people just were so keen, because Clinton obviously came with, 
Bill Clinton's background, which yeah. wasn't good at all. <laughs> like, he doesn't have a good reputation. Not at like, all. Like, people were associating that. And there's little things, like, obviously, they talk about the Russians manipulating the election. So, one month prior, they had the whole Hillary Clinton email scandal. And if you want to know anything more along the lines of that, and I, this is obviously just very one-sided, and it's a bias perspective, because it was actually written by James Comey. But James Comey was the director of the FBI at the time when he was looking after not only the Hillary Clinton scandal but looking into the Russians and meddling with the election and Trump's ties with the Russians at that time and so Trump fired him but on stand right now there's two one and a half hour parts to it and it's called the Comey rule so that's really interesting like I would watch that because Mm. Basically, no matter what, we know for a fact that the Russians are meddling with the election, which takes things to a whole nother level. Like, how can you trust anything these days? And what they mm-hmm. did do was they've gone around to Trump rallies and they've said to them, uh, so if Trump wins, will you believe and accept the voting and say that it is, like, perfectly fine? Will you agree with it? And they're like, yeah, 100%. That's fine. And they go, what about if Biden wins? And they go, no, we won't believe it. We'll resist it. We won't believe it. So there is big controversy and fears around Trump not accepting the outcome of this election mm. if he doesn't win, mm. which is insane. So like that's like one fear. Another fear is the fact that like there's like voting what's going to happen. That is scary. That is really scary to like to like think about the fact that if he doesn't win, what's going to happen? Like what's they're going to be another breakout in America with like fights or like what? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like we saw what happened earlier in the year with the riots. Mm -hmm. We saw what happened with the so-called peaceful protests. Um, And, you know, they've now just got mailing ballots all around the country. In, if you watch, I watched this thing on Netflix called uh, The Politician and they actually had, obviously this is a fake made up show, but I think it's actually given people ideas because people have gone around and been putting up either fake ballots, mail ballot sections, Mm -hmm. or you can just take them. I'm sure there's a way that you could just take it. And so what they did in this, the politician show is they took one of the ballot things. They stole it. Oh my God. Yeah. And then they counted it. Like themselves, and they're like, I wonder. And but he ended up winning anyway. But it's just this scene that plays out, and it's funny how people can also get ideas from watching things like that. Yeah. So it's gonna be a really interesting turmoil time. Yeah, yeah. But in saying everything that we've spoken about uh, with the election, and you know, uh, the greenhouse gas emissions linked up with like the government and all that, and the world, and just voting in general, and standing for your own opinion, but also listening to others and hearing what they have to say. Hearing the other side of the story. Yeah, and doing that person to person. I know it's uncomfortable. It's definitely going to be uncomfortable Mm. if you have an opposite opinion to them. But maybe putting yourself, I would suggest, the best thing that I could have done in my whole entire life was putting myself in that journalist role like play that role and actually just listen and hear because you learn so much by listening to people yeah like and and get to know that person's background so like the reason why that person thinks that certain way it goes back to their childhood it goes back to their parents it goes back to an experience they had when they were probably five years old like get to know that reason and try and maybe empathize with it because i think that's the only way if you say 
you want to change their opinion. The only way you're going to change someone's opinion is by empathizing with their original opinion in the first place. And sure, you don't have to agree with someone else's opinion, but if you can at least be open-minded to it and see where they're coming from and why they're choosing to decide whatever opinion they want, then it just helps you learn so much more. Like I was telling Emma, I'm like, I learn so much more by listening to people than I do by sitting by myself and trying to learn. Yeah, by talking. But that's a big Mm. lesson for me because I can talk the house down. And I think that, like, the one (laughs) thing would be, like, what has 2020 taught us about the importance of voting and politics? Yeah. Like, for example, if we're in Australia, we have to vote this week. Honest to God, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. It's compulsory, unlike America. And we've learned this year that it actually matters. Like, it is making a difference in our life. I think that we have to get past this fear of even talking about politics before because we are so-called uneducated. Yeah, get uncomfortable. Get and we uncomfortable. don't want to sound dumb. Like, no one knows everything about it. Uh, we may we may sound like absolute idiots on oh, this podcast. I was, right? I was <laughs> so hesitant, wasn't I, Ems, like, to go into this subject because, yeah. like, mm. I, I'm not one to chat about politics, like, ever. And it's, like, Emma's niche. Like, she... Yeah, and I don't think that um, I'm an absolute pro at it. I just really like the whole philosophy behind it, the understanding why people are voting certain ways, understanding like the fact yeah. that it's basically a PR strategy that these people are using. Yeah, like, but it is important. on an act. And it's important because you live and, under the rules of the government. Like, so if you don't want to do what the government says, then that's your choice not to vote for a party that you don't want to. Like, yeah. And you, so basically... They're giving you the choice to vote. The and one if thing you say that, you don't really care about it, then you're saying you don't care what the government do to you. A hundred percent. And we have, haven't learned, we've definitely learned that this year. Yeah. Like, if we be speaking about anything, it's about how much the government controls absolutely every aspect of our life. Even yeah. the fact that in Australia we were getting a lot more money and we still are getting a lot if you're on JobKeeper slash Seeker or anything like mm-hmm. that, just or, or the student one. They're just dishing out money to because us. Because <laughs> it's a control mechanism because they don't want to see us getting out of hand. And they'll do things that make them look like absolute saints. It's like we're children. Like, to let us get. Let me out of the cage. Like, okay, we'll give you another treat. Yeah, we'll give you more candy <laughs> if you just settle down and you'd yeah. be a good kid. It's the bribe mechanism. It's yeah. the bribe psychology that we use with kids. Like, if you do this for so long and you'd be a good girl for this long and mommy will get you a treat. We'll gift you with it's that. It's literally yeah. that. It's so, and that's we like, are the children of our government. <laughs> it's so true. And I think that Gabby and I, what we copped in 2016 when we were living in America and yeah. we were fearful around who were to be elected was the fact that I remember the assumption back then being that like Trump, Trump on the, his finger on the nuke button, like that was always <laughs> a big joke. And... I, I said to her, I also was concerned about it. and they're like, why are you worried? You're Australian. You can just go back to your country. And I was like, oh, okay. So if you guys go to war, who do you think are your allies? Who do you think's coming along with you? Yeah, we follow you guys like straight into war. Whenever, whatever day you guys decide to rock up, we're right beside with you. Like, So really, if you are Australian and you're listening to this and you're like, why do these people care slash why am I even listening? And you've made it this far, congrats. But because it does affect us. It has a huge effect yeah, 100% on does. Yeah. what we do. And we follow suit. So if America does something, we always are alongside with, with them. them. Yeah. Even when Trump was doing the worst things, we refused to condone him. Just like he's refusing to condone white supremacy so mm-hmm. you know i hope that 
if you didn't learn anything, I hope you learned something. Then look at then, another episode of ours. <laughs> yeah. Try to, give us another chance. Yeah. But also just, I hope that the one message we can make is to have awareness about the person. And just uh, being more open-minded with other people's opinions. Yeah. And just not always thinking you're always correct in 100%. Like always just being open-minded with other people. Yeah. There's, people aren't so much wrong and bad people no. for wanting to vote a certain way. But, but there's an underlying reasons. There's an underlying reason. Yeah. And I think that now more than ever, but we yeah. have to start having these conversations with each other. Ask people who have different perspectives to you and also the same. Mm. And yeah, give them a voice and try and understand what they're saying. All right, guys. Um, yeah, so... I hope you've enjoyed this as much as yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, we are clearly loving having a great time over here. Um, uh, yeah, how do you, it's such a great topic to talk about. We were fully going to come up with a way to wrap it up as well. We to do that. <laughs> Haven't really gone to that one. But um, yeah, we really hope you guys enjoyed this uh, little episode of our POTUS 2020. If you have American friends, share it around to them. If you don't, if, even if you have Australian friends, share it around to them. The election is coming up. It's yeah. only one week away. And use your right to vote. People fought for this for so long and now you have it. So actually get out there and do it. <laughs> Yeah, do it for yourself. Do it for everyone around you as well. Um, also, guys, on that note, please comment, subscribe, do what you can. Break Give us a stars. cheeky five stars as well. Um, <laughs> and we'll catch you at the next episode. We love you, party people.